Welcome to the All Things FPL podcast. My name is Spice and I will be your host for today's episode. And today we have our Game Week 6 preview. Uh, It's kind of crazy. It is the beginning of September. We're already six match weeks into the season. And we got a lot to talk about. We are going to do a quick wrap-up of the games from earlier this week, and we're going to get a preview on some of the FPL assets to keep in mind. Uh, We have a lot of new transfers into the Premier League as well, some guys that we should be keeping our eye on. We have a huge slate of games heading into this Saturday period, so uh, yeah, let's just get into it. I mean, we have a total of eight matches tomorrow on the Saturday uh, with two games on Sunday. We had a pretty interesting uh, round five as well, so uh, let's just get on to it. We're uh, we're going to get straight into it. So we'll start off with the Tuesday fixtures. We had Crystal Palace 1, Brentford 1. Wilfred Zaha comes back from injury. Unfortunately, considering that I literally had him in my team, got rid of him because he was hurt. He comes back, scores a beautiful goal. Uh, although Crystal Palace looked strong at the start of the game, uh, Brentford probably should have won it. They did get an equalizer. They probably could have had a winner as well. Ivan Tony probably should have scored too. Unfortunately, he didn't. But uh, it was a pretty good game. Uh, two really good teams and two teams that I want to keep my eye on. Again, Zaha's really the only Crystal Palace asset I really like because he's the only one that's guaranteed to play every single time. Duakore for their team in the CDM spot. He's actually really, really good, man. But um, it, he's not an FPL asset to really consider. Uh, honestly, I don't really like any of the Palace guys. They do kind of have a, cu- a tough couple fixtures coming up. If we take a look at it here, they do have Newcastle, obviously, on Saturday, Manchester United next week, and then they have Brighton and Chelsea. So kind of a tough four fixtures for them, but Zaha keeps taking along. I mean, he might not be a bad asset to really look at. As for Brentford, I mean, they're still in the middle of their really good fixture run. I still like Ivan Toney. Uh, and Buemo, I'm not too sure of him really thinking of sticking with him uh for those that do have him i of course only have tony uh it's the only one i really like as well as obviously josh de silva just because he's getting minutes at that 4.5 price uh but Mbwemo can't really get he doesn't get too involved he's kind of really just stuck outside uh you know out wide so uh you know he's been getting subbed off as well we also had Fulham 2, Brighton 1, and this was a really, really good game. Brighton obviously suffering their first defeat of the season, and that man, Alexander Mitrovic, keeps on performing, man. He is off to a hot, hot start. We also got, I believe, it was an assist for Andreas Pereira, and he also got onto the bonus with just an assist, which I believe this is the second game in a row now that he's gotten bonus points for... Uh, just not, you know, bonus points for just one little assist. It just goes to show how much BPS he's picking up just due to putting crosses in and all that. And Fulham are off to a hot start on the season, man. They are looking really, really good. Uh, this match was pretty entertaining to watch. Fulham did go up, I believe, what, it was two goals uh, early on. We had Mitrovic right after the half, and then Lewis Dunk scored an own goal. Uh, Alexi McAllister ended up scoring a penalty, uh, but Brighton is just one of those games that just wasn't going for them but still Brighton look like a really hot team but Fulham they look really really good man for one of the you know newly promoted sides uh you know Fulham they you know they they were looking to be better than Bournemouth 
Uh, we weren't sure about Forest, but Fulham looked like the hottest team coming out. They are playing so, so well. Uh, the assets I look at, really, Cabano, he looks really, really good out on the left. Uh, obviously, Andreas Pereira and Mitrovic. So, I mean, you know, Ivan Tony or Mitrovic, I think that's the decision that you have to make between the two. But, hey, Mitrovic is scoring goals. Obviously, Ivan Tony, two blanks in his last two. Easily, you know, you know just a small bit of changes or you know something happens in the game Ivan Tony's getting those points and Mitrovic isn't um I still think either of them really work as for Brighton I was a little disappointed with how they played I think they really missed Welbeck in this game obviously he came on in the 63rd minute but you know when he started up top they look so good just because of the way he gets into the channels goes in between the center backs I think he opens up so much space for the team I expect to see Welbeck play uh, for Brighton in their next match going ahead Southampton 2 Chelsea 1 this is a really interesting game um, you know there's not too many assets you want from either of these teams Reese James is the only one I'm still really considering um, I obviously have him in my team he was out in this match due to illness so didn't even matter but Southampton they played very well um, they deserved the win I'd say obviously they had the rough pitch or whatever uh, with whatever's going on at St. Mary's you know pitch infection I'm not going to get too much into that as I'm sure everyone's kind of heard about it already uh, Sterling scores another goal he's looking to be really good obviously Chelsea did just sign Aubameyang and they've also spent like 300 million in this window so kind of crazy they also got another midfielder I think Zakaria just got passed by uh, at the deadline he's going to be a good addition to the midfield um, you know with the addition of Fofana as well I mean I mean Chelsea have bought literally a brand new 11 the transfer they the transfers they have brought in absolutely unreal how much money they have spent their net spend in this window I believe is like 200 250 million it's insane but Chelsea they have a problem in that team they cannot score a goal and honestly everyone says they're just not clicking they're just not clicking but this was a problem last year too Tuchel ball does not work too well um, when it comes to playing offensively all these teams have to do is shut down Cucurella or Reese James. The only offense that I have seen from Chelsea this season has been from the wingback positions. If these guys aren't getting involved, which we haven't seen any of Reese James because he's been playing right center back, which I think that's going to stop now. I don't think he'll play. I think he's going to play right wing back this weekend now that, you know, Chelsea have some more center backs coming in. If these guys aren't playing, they struggle to score goals. And as you see here, Southampton beat them uh, defensively. Again, they've looked a little lackluster too, but I think that's down to the fact they're midfield. You know, they're missing quite a few players. You know, Conte out injured. We saw Kovacic come in on halftime. Jorginho couldn't even play the full match. Loftus-Cheek really hasn't looked too well, whether he's playing center mid, right wing back, or whatever. Uh, and Mason Mount, he's been super, super quiet. Uh, I believe the underlying I've seen on Mount, he is not getting as far forward as he was last season. I'm sure he'll pick up his form eventually, but Chelsea just kind of look like in a void right now. Uh, and as for Havertz, he has been so, so quiet this year. Um... You know, no assets really look appealing aside from, you know, Reese James, Cucurella, and I guess you can even say Raheem Sterling now, just because, you know, I think this is his third goal in two games. So, you know, Sterling looks like he looks like he's starting to click. To wrap it up for our Tuesday matches, we had Leeds 1, Everton 1. There's nothing really to talk about in this game. Uh, Anthony Gordon did get a goal, which we did talk about. He was someone that was creating a lot of chances, and he was due a goal, I guess, uh, based off statistics. And he ended up getting it in that match. Awobi uh, get an assist for that, and he's looked very good this season. Obviously, no Everton assets are 
going to be considered, especially because they play Liverpool next. Uh, as for Leeds, Rodrigo out until October, I believe it was, with a shoulder dislocation. Kind of hard on, you know, some of the players that brought him in. A lot of managers are bringing him in. I believe his ownership was at like 25% of the game owned him. And uh, now he's out for the season in a tricky position because there's not too many, you know, 6 million midfielders that you can really go for. Um, We'll kind of talk about some assets we can look at after we finish reviewing some of these games. But you know, kind of unfortunate. Uh, Anderson or Aronson, not Anderson, Aronson. He's looked very good for Leeds. He got an assist in that match, getting a five pointer and Sinistera scored a goal, uh, his first one for Leeds. And he had the max bonus points. And like I said, Anthony Gordon looked good. Damari Gray actually played in the center forward spot, although there's a little rotation in game. Uh, Patterson looked good at right back too for his prize, someone to consider. But uh, it, it's Everton, it's Leeds. I mean, really, the assets, you're not. You're not deep diving into them. Uh, moving on to the Wednesday games, obviously, uh, we had s- much better selection of games. Starting off with Bournemouth and Wolves, nil-nil. Um, you know, a nice bounce-back game for Bournemouth after, you know, getting destroyed by Liverpool. Nothing really to talk about in this game. Neves, he's looked very good, but he's not anybody you consider really... Um, Nunez, he looks very good. I like him as a potential asset, um, but I wasn't too pleased. I, I don't really want any Wolves guys, and I, I really don't want any Bournemouth guys because they're both towards the bottom of the table. Wolves just look like they're never going to score a goal, and you know, well, Bournemouth are Bournemouth. So yeah, uh, moving on, Arsenal 2, Villa 1, and it looked like Villa could have possibly gotten a result out of this game. Uh, Jesus scored early on, and then um, Douglas Louise equalized to make it 1-1, but Martinelli score just three minutes later as for this game you know pretty entertaining arsenal you know they're about to come into some real challenges soon um which is why i made a huge decision uh in fpl i uh well i'll talk about it after but i did actually get rid of gabriel jesus in order to get holland but the reason why is i just feel arsenal um i think we've seen kind of the you know they're going to come into some tough fixtures, and I think they're really going to get tested. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be ready for these first few matches that they play. Uh, just the fixtures coming up, at least they do have Man United uh, on Sunday. I think they'll be all right when it comes to Man United. It will be a challenging game. It'll probably be like another 2-1 game or whatever. Then they have Everton, which should be pretty easy. And then they have Brentford. Uh, Brentford are going to give them a game because, of course, they are away or they're at Brentford at the community stadium. Uh, And then they have Tottenham, Liverpool. Uh, So they have some kind of tougher fixtures coming up. And I think it's going to be a real test for them. I I just don't think they're going to be ready for it. They've had a pretty easy run of games so far this season so i think you know we'll see them get tested a bit um am i gonna miss out on the gabriel jesus points probably um but i think holland is someone you'd rather have than jesus and uh speaking of holland let's get into it manchester city six nottingham forest zero Holland gets in a, a hat trick within 38 minutes. First half hat trick. And this is, uh, you need to bring him in. I don't think Jesus can be as consistent as Holland's going to be. And I didn't want to get rid of Salah because it's, it's Mo Salah. He's going to turn it on eventually soon. Um, but it, this was a, 
is a killer game from Manchester City, absolutely dominating the opponents from the very first minute. Uh, you didn't expect anything less. Uh, Jao Cancelo finally got on the score sheet, but he did get subbed out early again. I think this was more of a rotation kind of thing just to save his legs. I think he will start and play this weekend. I think Holland is going to start and play this weekend, only playing 70 minutes so far. He'll probably only play like 60 this weekend as well. I don't think they're going to really struggle too much as far as, you know, playing against their opponent. But Champions League does start next week. I'm sure Pep will kind of try to reserve him. But Pep went out. He basically said, you know, Holland's 22. He's not 32. He can play more games. He's not going to be rotated as much, which, you know, I guess it kind of makes sense. Uh, hence why I bring him in. And it doesn't matter. Holland can literally... You know, he just needs 30 minutes and he can haul. So, uh, guys, he's essential. I know we hate that word, but Holland is essential in this game because he is, his ownership is now up to 75%. Uh, I think he's probably going to peak past 80, especially if he returns again this weekend. Uh, so I took the minus four to get him into the team. Obviously, I brought Kulisevsky down because West Ham won, Tottenham won. I just feel these wide players are kind of struggling at the at the moment. You know, Kulisevsky had a great game week one, and I'm not saying that he's had a bad start to the season, but I just think there's more potential coming from other assets than Kulisevsky at 8 million. Uh, if you really want, you know, the Spurs talisman, go ahead and get Harry Kane, someone who's not going to get his minutes really spared. Uh, you know, Kane's off to a hot start this season. Unfortunately, however, um, we did not get any Spurs goals in fantasy. We did get a Harry Kane assist to an own goal, but we we didn't get anything. Uh, West Ham, you know, <clears throat> West Ham turned up for this game. Uh, they looked pretty good, and they got all the bonus points to kind of show that they were, you know, the not the better side, but they played well. Um, you know, the big one, Suchek gets the winning or the equalizing goal. Antonio gets an assist for his first return. Still, West Ham don't look too good. Uh, Bowen, again, another blank. That's someone I'm a little concerned about. Considering he's priced so high, he kind of is just an asset you can never touch. Because he's just not returning for what you'd expect at that 8 million range. As for Spurs' assets, uh, none of them return except, except for Kane uh, and I guess Lloris for, you know, BPS. But Perisic gets a one-pointer plus a yellow card. Uh, nobody owns Emerson Royale. Son blanks again. Kulisevsky blanks. So, you know, tough game against West Ham. It always is going to be a tough game when it comes to those kind of London derbies and stuff like that next up we have liverpool 2 newcastle 1 with a crazy ending to this game alexander isaac he gets his first goal for the team liverpool leaky at the back they didn't really look too dominant uh then firmino scored off a Salah assist in the 60th minute uh and then we saw both the fullbacks come off and um I was a little surprised to see this. I was surprised to see both of them come off. I mean, Simikas, I think he's come on for Rabo in the last three or four games now. Uh, a little bit of concern. I think it's just due to fitness, though. I think this is just preserving them for the busy schedule coming up. Uh, regardless, though, Liverpool, they get a late, late goal. A lucky assist for Salah owners, myself included. Uh, and Carvalho scores in the 98th minute. Obviously a little bit controversial because the game was supposed to end at 95, but there was a lot of time wasting from these Newcastle players, so uh, I think they kind of deserve the uh, the loss for just the time wasting in that sense for the extra time added on. But yeah, they, I mean, they look good. Isaac looks like a good one. The only problem with him is you have Chris Wood, you have Callum Wilson on that team. Of course, St. Maximin didn't play due to injury. Uh, Trippier did end up playing. 
uh, just got a yellow card and a blank, but Pope looked really good too. He made quite a few good saves in this game. As for Liverpool assets, um, Bobby gets another goal. I don't know if he's don't go buying Roberto Firmino. Uh, Salah gets two assists though, uh, a good game for him. Kind not really. He wasn't really a good game. I'd say both his assists weren't not. You know, the second one was kind of lucky. The first one was a good one, but he just doesn't. He's playing too wide. He's not getting into the dangerous positions. I want to see Salah get more central, uh, especially with Firmino playing. You'd think he'd fill in the space that Firmino will open up by coming deep and getting the ball, but he's just he's playing way too wide and he, he's not getting anything done out there. He's not getting into really good goal scoring opportunities. So, I mean, Salah's a little bit of a concern, but if you have him, you're not getting rid of him. And then finally, uh, we had Manchester United 1, Leicester City 1. Uh, really boring game. I watched the first half of this. Sancho, good goal from him. Uh, you know, Man United playing good. I mean, that's their third straight win now. So I think, you know, they're they're off to a they're off to a decent start. I don't think they're gonna be as bad as what the first two games looked like for them. Uh Leicester look horrible. It's just an avoid, honestly, for all of these guys at the moment. I think Brendan Rodgers, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten the sacking yet, as Leicester sit in last place with one point. Uh, that is really disappointing if you're Leicester City, because, I mean, just a few years ago, this is a, this is a team that can fight for, you know, Europa League, Champions League spot. Uh, the squad hasn't changed too much. Yeah, it's a little bit older in terms of Vardy and stuff, but they have some real defensive issues. They have, I mean, they can score goals, but... I don't know. You're avoiding all Leicester assets at the moment. As for Leicester, though, they do have um, some okay games coming up with Brighton, Villa, Tottenham, Forest, Bournemouth. So you are expecting some results soon. Maybe not in the Tottenham game or the Brighton game, but you'd think Leicester could probably take points from Villa, Forest, and Bournemouth, and they better, or Brendan Rodgers will be sacked. All right, taking a look at some of the games heading into this weekend. Liverpool play Everton in the early game. Uh, obviously, the big question is who who are we going to captain? Uh, Mo Salah or Erling Haaland? Obviously, Arsenal go and play Manchester United at Old Trafford on Sunday. So, Jesus, I think it's kind of out of the question for this week. I think it's really just down to Salah or Haaland. And both Everton and Villa are pretty poor defensively. Uh, I think Everton are really going to sit in, pack it, and park the bus against Liverpool like they did last season. I think Liverpool will probably struggle to score some goals in this one. I think it'll be kind of low scoring, maybe like 1 or 2 nil. Uh, Liverpool win, maybe. We'll see. They have been leaky on the counterattacks lately, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 2-1 and we get another defensive uh, disaster for Liverpool FPL assets. Uh, Brentford play Leeds. Uh, this should be a pretty good game. Ivan Tony owners. Um, you probably can expect a return in this game from him. I think he'll play very well. I think it'll be a very end-to-end -end game. Chelsea play West Ham. Uh, again, you're not really excited for that game. Newcastle Palace, again, those assets to target. There's not really a... a, a team you're targeting uh the only one that i really kind of like is tottenham versus fulham uh fulham they're not defensively the most sound i think spurs assets can score however you have the defensive assets i'd be careful because i could see fulham scoring in this game i could see like a 2-1-3-1 to tottenham here maybe like a mitrovic goal or an andreas uh goal Wolves play Southampton. That's a game you're not really looking to at all. And then we have Villa and City. Uh, so this is the, the big one right here because 
the question is, are you captaining Holland or Salah? Like I said, Everton are probably going to park it in on Liverpool. Villa, they're a mess right now. They are a complete mess too, but I don't see them just sitting back too much. And I think, you know, City are a very good team when it comes to breaking down these sides that do sit in back and try and just defend the whole time. Uh, like I said, I'd be very surprised if Haaland doesn't start this. And I think I think City will probably easily cruise. For me, I, I think you got to go ahead and captain Haaland if he's, you know, going to be in the team. I know it's kind of hard, but does he get in the team? Probably. Uh, you know, it, it is Villa. It's really tough. But, you know, if, if I knew Haaland was going to play 90 minutes and Salah was going to play 90 minutes, I think I'm taking Haaland in that chance just because he's so much better uh in form right now and city are in much better form than liverpool are but yeah uh brighton play leicester on the sunday i think you you know if you have brighton attackers you're looking forward to that one and uh like we said manchester united and arsenal so it should be pretty good all right so let's talk a little bit more fpl wise um as of right now um the main difference between teams that are doing well and the teams that are doing bad is if you've had Holland, really, uh, his points right now are making the difference between, you know, 4 million, 3 million, 2 million, 1 million. Um, you know, that's a difference uh, of what Erling Holland's done. Uh, for people that are falling behind now, um, you're really starting to see it from non Holland owners. So, myself, I'm not a Holland owner. I'm currently sat at about like 4 or 5 million in that range which is really, really poor, but it's literally just down to Holland. With his points as, say, captain, I would be like 500k, 400k right now, and it's a completely different start to the season. Now, of course, it's so different. Like, you know, it's such a small margin. 70 points really isn't too much, and you can make that in like three game weeks. Uh, by this time next month, you know, I could be uh, in a completely different rank. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just the way FPL goes. But aside from having Holland or Salah, you need to have these big players because they are getting bulk points. Without them, that's where you get killed. But with them, this is when your differentials can shine. So let's take a look at some of the players that are overperforming their XG. Obviously, Holland's at the top of that list. But Douglas Louise, um, he somehow makes the top of this list. Uh, his goal was very lucky. That's someone you don't get. Sinistera, same thing. But some of these players that have been overperforming them and have looked, you know, pretty well in game week five, um, Martinelli was an interesting one. Anyways, this is now where your differentials will start to make a difference. So Wilfred Zaha, four goals. He's one that you have to keep an eye on. He's at about 10% ownership. I think it's a little more than that now. He's a guy you need to keep watch on. And he's somebody that I would move to if you had Rodrigo. And obviously you're without Rodrigo now because uh, Zaha, he's overperforming his XG. He's got a really good XA, uh, X Delta 2. Um, Basically, he's playing very well uh, and he's outperforming his numbers, but they're good numbers. He's got good underlying numbers. He's got a 2.3 XG on four goals. It's very good. Uh, Odegaard as well. I know he did come off. I'm not sure what the news is on him. And if we take a quick look at that, but Odegaard did come off in the last match and he is actually doubtful for the game coming up. So I guess he's someone that you probably avoid. Uh, Firmino's been playing well. I think Firmino does get in. If you really want to punt on somebody, uh, you can always go Firmino. I think he will start over Darwin Nunez at the weekend anyways. He's been playing well. He's got, you know, quite a few goals in the last, you know, few games, and he's looked good, but I don't think he'll play the whole game. 
As for players this season, um, you know, some guys just to kind of keep an eye on. Um, the top three shooters so far this season, Mitrovic, Holland, and Anthony Gordon. Gordon's getting a lot of chances. He's someone that I would consider as a cheap differential bench option. Uh, as well as Mitrovic, uh, if you're not in, a, in the Ivan Tony train, Mitrovic is on fire. Uh, even though the team doesn't have the greatest fixtures, I mean, he's showing that he could score in any game. Salah has the most chances created this season. He's That's why I have him. He's not going anywhere. Uh, but Jack Harrison, he's actually an interesting one for Leeds. Now that Rodrigo's out, you could also go to Jack Harrison. He's got about 14 chances created this season. He's looked pretty good, and Leeds, I don't think, um, are, are going to be... Rodrigo is obviously going to be a big miss, but with Bamford back anyways, I think Harrison will still be able to create chances, and uh, I don't think Leeds will be, you know, stinted too bad by that. BPS-wise, it's just good to kind of keep note of that. The highest BPS total so far this season, obviously Holland just due to the sheer amount of goals he's already scored this season, uh, but Dean Henderson... Interesting differential option at the goalkeeper spot. Mitrovic obviously having a good amount. Um, but one that interests me, Pascal Gross, he's still on the list for the top 10 for BPS. He's still someone I consider. Uh, Jose Saz, another potential differential. I know goalkeeper-wise, it's not the greatest. But these guys look pretty good. Of course, Trent, Jao Cancelo, those guys are on the list as well. But those are just a few that I would keep an eye on as far as that goes. Um, you know, Trippier's actually one to you know, keep an eye on. I think Newcastle, now that they've gotten past the Liverpool fixture, um, you know, they have some good fixtures coming up. And to be honest, they played very well against Liverpool. Uh, you know, with some of their players, it's possible that we're looking at a completely different result if, you know, St. Maximin is playing in that game. Bruno Gomez is playing in that game. So Newcastle's a team that I would actually look at. They do have Palace up next, which won't be easy, but then they have New. Uh, but then they have West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford, Manchester United, Everton, um, you know, me, for me, obviously, maybe not this week, just due to the fact it is Palace. I think Palace are playing well. Um, but, you know, Trippier is someone I would consider bringing in for, you know, a good fixture run coming up, especially for someone, you know, let's say Zinchenko still having some issues. Let's say Chelsea just really aren't performing. Reese James still stuck at right center back. Uh, these are some a few guys that you can maybe start considering bringing in. Anyways, guys, that's going to wrap up two days episode fpl this week just hit over 10 million players this season so far so uh you know that's a lot of people you are competing against don't worry about your overall rank just yet uh there's still a long season to go i wish you guys the best of luck heading into game week six and i will see you guys next week till then